0: Here we come blue and white and we're looking good, you'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good, getting goals is our job and we get goals good, looking good, we are Carlisle United. Hello everyone and welcome to the Burton Bugle, the number one place to get your kayak fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. The Battle of Prenton Park sees United snatch a late point against nine-man Tranmere to put themselves within touching distance of confirming EFL football for next season. We look back on a balmy game on Wirral and look ahead to the visit of promotion-chasing Exeter at Brunton Park. So true, view, run, too, short... Typical that, isn't it, Mike? You miss your local game this weekend. Yeah, And and it's an absolute barnstormer of a match, yeah?
1: Yeah, but it kind of makes me feel less guilty for missing Oldham because (laughs) Oldham wasn't a one-off
0: now. like This this is just what games are. Yeah, they're not dull anymore. They're not dull, they're not crap. They're exciting and thrilling and not very good for your heart, probably, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, A crazy game. A crazy game, to say the least. It's It's a mad one. But for those listening in, obviously, you listen to this on a Wednesday. We've released it on a Wednesday because I'm going on holiday on friday morning uh so i didn't really want to release an episode while i'm probably flying over to germany at that point dan is currently in turkey sunning himself up um and you're working all week so this is the only time we could record is sunday morning so yeah. this is a very very early episode we don't even have the referee details for the match preview that's how early it is <laughs> so uh, we're winging it a little bit here but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes um we might as well get straight into it mike haven't we we've got a few bits to cover um mm. we'll get straight into the loan watch first. <laughs> Not a huge amount to cover the load watch once again this week. Um, it's, it's the same every week, isn't it, really? I mean, straight up, Manny Man Parler didn't play because Weymouth didn't have a match. They were supposed to play Wrexham this weekend, but Wrexham were in the FA Trophy semi-final against uh, Stockport County. I don't know if you saw this, Mike, That the goal that Wrexham scored in the 91st minute to take the lead, 1-0. I think they won 2-0, I forgot the number one really late on. Unbelievable goal. Yes, yeah. I saw
1: the absolute limbs as well.
0: The oh, it was limbs, wasn't it? It was basically having yeah, stopper run the attack, lost the ball. It was played long, and Mullin—I think he literally just took one touch and then chipped it over the keep of his left foot mm. from like twenty yards. But when I say twenty yards, it's on the edge of the like the corner of the box, isn't it? Yeah, lovely, lovely goal. Um, so yeah, that's why uh, Mampala uh, didn't come off the bench again this weekend, <laughs> as, he, as 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 his you know the, his wants basically now that's his, his role. to to warm the bench. Uh, So no, no update on Manparla. Another player didn't come off the bench this weekend, Tristan Abrahams. Uh, Brilliant result for the Mariners though, for Grimsby. They hammered uh, fellow playoff chasers, Chesterfield 4-1. I think I sent you a video earlier today, didn't I Mike, of that? uh, There's a Grimsby fan being uh, taken out by two (laughs) stewards. When I say taken out, he's literally being dragged by his arms along the floor with his kid walking behind him. It's embarrassing. (laughs) But uh, I'm sure he's fairly happy to a 4-1 win to the, to the Mariners. But Abraham's was an unused sub this weekend. So, so then, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's, something came out today as well. Chesterfield, I think, have lost
0: 1.2 million the past mm. year.
1: That's so how I'm, much they're putting into trying to get back in the Football
0: League. Isn't the two brothers something that are going to pump a bit more and we need them as well? Mm. Oh, crazy one, that one. Absolutely crazy. It's having a sip
1: of out. some Tranmere tears there.
0: Yes, I was. I was heard a little bit of the tram tears there, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Um... Finally, Taylor charles He made his 15th appearance of his lone spell. Um, huge game for gateshead the weekend it was. Uh, another star for Taylor, but not a good afternoon at the office for the Heed. They suffered a, a narrow 1-0 defeat against their fellow title uh, challengers, Brackley Town. Now, that means they're now level on points, Brackley Town, with gateshead hmm. But they've played a game less than gateshead What gateshead have got is a much superior goal difference. So going to be tough. I mean, Charters played pretty much the full 90 minutes. He was subbed with four minutes to go for the chasing equaliser. And obviously he's been playing left back, so it kind of makes sense that they was sub him off. But um, the home side held on for a result that draws him level on points, as we said there. Um, still plenty to play for those seven games to go for Gateshead. And I was having a look at the fixtures coming up. I mean, their game in hand, Brackley, is against Curzon and Ashton, who are quite a sort of lower mid-table. So that's not ideal for Gateshead. But, mm. but I think next weekend, Brackley have to travel to York City. And that's a tough game for them. York City are up in the playoffs and they're flying a yeah. bit at the moment, I think. So that'll be a tough one. Whereas uh, Gated at home against Chester and Chester are not having a great season at all. So how, how Gator will get on the game could, could really make a difference. But yeah, not ideal for to push for promotion this season and for Taylor. But hopefully they can uh, recover next weekend. Well let's get on to the match review section then, Mike. I don't think there's any other news. In fact, well, the only news we could maybe cover is the um the football agents thing, wasn't it? The the fees that was coming yeah. to this week. Interesting. Was it United spent about sixty thousand, I think it was I was looking at. Sixty
1: thousand and one pounds. That's
0: crazy isn't it? Mm. it, it, it Who's basically chucked in a quid for them? I mean trying to figure, which player would you pay an agent one pound <laughs> to be involved in the transfer of? Yeah. It's gonna be a bit naughty if we say this now, isn't I, it? I I I, <laughs> I
1: feel like the Zach Clough transfer was a big agent fee involved
0: yeah it's i mean it's it, it's the irony of it isn't it that you know that all this talk of all oh, you know and you know we spent this much in agents and what was uh, mr holdsworth said we don't deal yeah. with agents or we don't like yeah. working with agents well he clearly <laughs> liked working with them because <laughs> we've spent it enough and the, the, there was a sort of feeling when we did sort of the the january transfer window work that a lot of it was as just basically going to agents saying hey, have you got available sort of thing yeah. That's, that was the worry wasn't it but uh there you go there's also a little bit about the um in terms of the accounts that came out um but yeah we what we'll do is we'll i think me and dan might cut on maybe if we can get you on as well after the extra game because we'll obviously want to to cover that because you'd have been to the game and i won't yeah. have um we'll maybe have a little talk about it then in the news section possibly and uh cover it in a bit more depth because we can have a good look through them then by that point so uh so yeah with that no further ado let's move on to the review section then mike um tram here to 2 uh i've it's it's just just it. might be a little bit of a shorter review. of This section, nothing much happened in this game, did it, Mike? I it's first. <laughs> um, no, I jest a little bit there. A ridiculous, bonkers game of League Two football, goals, cards, twenty-two man brawls, and substitutes flying along the touchline <laughs> to celebrate goals in the ninety-seventh minute. I mean, oh, it's, it's another point safe, closer to safety, isn't it? That's that's the key thing that comes out. Of this really it pushes United. That one step closer. I don't think, I mean, let's be honest here, you'd need both Stevenage and Oldham and probably Barrow, well, at least two of those, in fact, all three of them really, to to win like four of their remaining five games, yeah. six games. It's, it's not going to happen. No. It's not. You're not going down at this point. We're, we're fine. So, whew, wow, incredible, isn't it? Um, I mean, how did you follow the game, obviously? Because I think you were working on Saturday, weren't yeah, you?
1: Yeah, no, I, I was listening on the radio and I had a sort of a really good chunk of driving yesterday where I wasn't getting out. So I managed to listen to sort of most of it un- un- uninterrupted. Mm. Uh, and yeah, no, it was uh, it was great to listen. Uh, Lumsden was absolutely hating a member of their coaching staff on the radio. No, <laughs> he was he, like, he, I he, don't know who
0: he is, if he's the fitness coach or whatever, but I hate him. Well, he, said, <laughs> he said he did it with those ridiculously tight shorts. Because I listened back to a bit of it. He was saying he's wearing yeah. far too tight shorts. What's he playing at? And yeah. um, he also had a bit of a go at that. I think it was either there, I follow commentator guy, or maybe one of their um, like um, what do you call it, video analysts or something like that. I yeah. think they were like running up and down the press box and hugging people. I've been to Brenton Park in the press box before. It's quite an old school press box. It's very like the um, the old press box in the main stand at Brenton Park, but it's not like boxed in. If you know what I mean, but it's like mm. you've got a good sized desk and a good amount of space. You can not move along the back of it, but it's very old fashioned, right at the back of the stand. And yeah, it sounds like. Um, yeah, they were getting very excited when uh Nevit scored the uh, the second goal for Trammy up and down the thing and then when obviously when Show Silver scored ours, I, I think um and, you can hear in the background on the on the on the commentary, he goes, Get in and then I think one of their commentators why to have a go at him and, yeah, and he he just he just he just turns and goes, Sit down yeah. <laughs> And I think, to be fair, he did. I listened back a bit more to the because um, you can what what you can do if you've got iFollow if you subscribe to the the monthly thing where you get the audio and like the video highlights later on and stuff like that. You can actually rewatch the whole game on there, mm. and you can also do it with either the home or the away country. Yet. I've not listened to the home country. Yet. I might do that <laughs> later on just just for a little bit of entertainment. But I listened to the away one, which I'll see is Lummy and, and James Phillips, and um, and yeah, uh, Lummy did say afterwards like oh there were, and like I think. I think it was actually James Phillips was saying, although you know he's a bit not very professional. What was going down on the end? Fair Lummy did say then, yeah, but I'd be a bit of a hypocrite if I had to go about that one because I? I got a bit <laughs> yeah. excited when they go in. I don't think he was quite as bad as um thing, but again, if you listen to the club, watch the uh, the club's video they put up of the the fans' reaction or whatever, or the wide angle of mm. uh, of Toby's goal. You can't hear someone in the shout, Get in there! Yeah. I don't know if that's Jakey Blaine or someone like that up there, but very excited they were getting as well. You could understand with the ninety seventh, ninety eighth minute, whatever it was. Yeah, equaliser. Exactly. It was. It was. It was just mad, absolutely mad. But like the reactions at the end was was incredible. Let, let's talk a little bit about the goals, and you'll have watched the the highlights yeah. back, Mike, so you'll uh, know exactly what's um, gone on in terms of the goals. I mean, the, the, I think the most frustrating thing for me is. You look at both Tranmere goals. They're, they're a good side Tranmere, to be fair. I'll say that, you know, you've, you've got to understand that when we play them. And it was tough up until the red card. But the the, the opening Hemmings goal, we were on the attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the most
1: frustrating thing. Well, both goals were on the attack. Yeah,
0: that, that's the thing. On both goals, we were on the attack. And Patrick sort of takes a little bit too long to really find the right pass on, on the first goal, I think. I think he was a bit frustrated that no one was really moving for him. We lost the ball. They go up the other end. Um, it's a nice little sort of a one-two. I think it was all like a little worked move down down mm. the right that saw um, the fullback. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dakras Cogley. Um, he overlapped really well. Basically, they took Dickinson out of the game. Essentially, and Dickinson just couldn't get back. McDonald tries to come across and it. It's a, it's a perfect ball in and. and, and maybe Simeon could have done better in terms of tracking Hemmings, but... Yeah, Feeney wasn't happy with him, like, was he? No, no, we, we saw that at the time. We said, like, Feeney was mm. really giving him a rollicking, and mm. Hemmings is a good striker, though, isn't he? So good yeah. strikers do that occasionally. They'll get away from their marker and get into the box, and, yeah, he got the uh, got the opener. Um, rather than go on to Patrick's goal, should we talk about the, the first red card first, Mike? Yeah, go chronological on. then, so... In real time, when I saw it, my first reaction was that's not a good tackle and I my first thought was he's what I, I, I remember turning the, um, Phil who's a listener to the podcast I met him for the first time Reva philip and Gears on uh, Twitter um, I was chatting with him and Craig obviously who we both know really well um, and I said to him at the time I said he's won the ball there but his follow through is horrendous he could be going here I think he could be going and people around me were like not 100% sure but I said the ref's taking a while over this mm-hmm. I think he's going to send him off Mm. and then what do you know he produces the red card it's one of those ones wasn't it, it, it the lad's played a pass through and Mella's done really well to intercept it he's not played a particularly loose touch meller if you watch it back no it's a little really. bit ahead of him but it's not like he's knocked it miles ahead of him and he gets to go there and like i said i think the lad gets there first but with the follow-through he catches him at nearly knee height if his mm. leg's planted he's probably gonna break his leg he's just yeah. lucky that Mella's leg wasn't planted and I, I could not understand why there was such an angry reaction to it I know that happens at games, isn't it? When, when it's all pumped up and stuff like that. But um...
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of them for me where sort of like ten years ago, it was kind of like if you win the ball, anything goes. And obviously, it's not like that anymore. Um, and he didn't have control of it. He just sort no. of all, all he wanted to do was get the ball and worry about everything else later. And James Phillips in commentary, that second it it, it happened, he he knew he he was saying, "I would be very very shocked if this." wasn't a red card and obviously it was um and i think it's one that if we'd done it we might feel a little bit hard done though uh, i think it's one of them where you have your rose tinted specs because again he, he he does win the ball and he wins the ball cleanly uh but you can't go in for tackles like that nowadays you just can't
0: yeah no i mean i i um it's interesting you do say that point about oh, 10 years ago you probably get away with. it Paul Simpson disagrees with you because he said, in, I know he said mm. in my playing day, that was a red card as well. I don't know get mm. why. So, you know, I mean, again, he may be a little bit biased. What I'd say is Simmer wasn't exactly up in arms, like screaming at the fourth official. That's a red, that's a red. He was very calm. Obviously the rest of the bench were up a little bit. Like I said, that's a bad tackle sort of thing. Mm. But, but yeah, I mean, straight away that the, the ref seemed very clear in it. Um, I have to say, the, the baldest set of match officials I think I've ever seen, all three of them, <laughs> lovely, shine, baldy bonces. So uh, interesting bit there. Yeah, obviously he sends him off then, and then it was just chaos after that. It just, what happened was, if you watch it back, you can't really see it on the video because the video only picks it up later. McDonald, who's just been sent off, goes over, while Ross, um, our um, physio, is still performing treatment on Mella. And basically picks up Miller and tries to drag him off, up off the floor. Mm. And I think at that point, uh, yeah. uh Jeff Jeff Hoff loses his head a bit and <laughs> basically goes and shoves him, saying, basically, piss off, essentially. You, you know, you get you know, get yourself down the tunnel. That's when suddenly everyone appears and it's all starting pushing and shoving. And mm. I know someone said, oh, one of our players shoved the steward over. Actually, if you watch the video back, what it is, is the steward's trying to drag Magnus Norman away from the thing. And Magnus mm. Norman just stumbles back. Into it when he falls over, so it's not a case of the steward got pushed over. So let, let's just nip that one in the bud quickly. But it was right by where some of their fans, who particularly Malvi to say the least, were. Um, and yeah, it, it it just all it just all went mad from that point. What I'd say is, ref gives out all these cards. Apparently, the reason the two managers got cards, we were told, is that apparently there was an agreement in the summer that if if the two benches fail, if if basically if the two teams failed to control their own technical areas, the managers would be booked. Whether the managers were involved or not, they would be mm. booked for failing to control them. So and even though...
1: Simmer wasn't there. He didn't... He wasn't he, part of that agreement. And
0: he, I know, but the thing is, Mickey Mellon wasn't involved in any of the thing. He wasn't getting involved in it, so he got exactly. booked for nothing. And so did Simmer. Mm. And I think, like, if you watch Simmer when he gets booked, he's laughing, like, what have I been booked for? Like, mm. And then it explains to him what, and he's like genuinely shocked by it and yeah Mm -hmm. it was just chaos there was a lot of pushing and shoving i'm I'm fairly sure i saw a fist thrown by one of the Tramier players but it was such a melee you'd never be able to work out who it was there's no point in dwelling too much what i would say is peter clark right what an absolute god (laughs) that man is like an absolute (laughs) god (laughs) but i'll tell you what i'd love him in my team oh definitely he's this is not me having a real go at him because he's 'Cause like he's the kind of you know person you just love to have mm. in your team. Mm. But uh he, he basically from the second that red car was gonna be given was like, right, I'm gonna start fighting and try and get some of their players set up for the field. let's yeah. try and even it up a bit. Didn't yeah, exactly. quite work. He should have been booked in that melee. I don't mm. I cannot understand how he wasn't booked. And I can't even be the fact that oh he was the captain and the ref thought maybe he's just getting involved stuff because Feeney got booked and Feeney did <laughs> yeah. all Feeney was trying to drag players away he wasn't actually getting involved in fighting Simeon yeah he probably was involved in it a little bit because he got a bit overexcited but it was just it was just madness the whole thing was was yeah. crazy it just I don't
1: think the referee really knew what was going on and who no. to book to be honest.
0: I think he felt he just had to book a couple of players. I think. Yeah. I think Hemings. I'm, not, I'm baffled why he got booked. Cause I didn't really see him involved in it mm. too much either. It was very, very odd. Like the obvious people to book were Clark and mm. probably Simeon. M- Melish mm. got a little bit involved, maybe, but, mm. but actually no. Melish wasn't involved in that much in that one. That was later on. Melish got involved mm. and stuff. But uh, but yeah, it was just bar me and obviously then down to ten men. I have to say, I I thought. Even down to 10 man, I thought they'd be a better side I thought they'd be a stronger side. not better than us I mean I thought they'd play better than they did from mm. me they were very disappointing really like once they went down to 10 they basically just thought we we're gonna shut up shop here and they kept it very very tight I mean Howard but had maybe two saves to make beyond that mm-hmm. but we've
1: seen that with a couple of other so-called top sides that we've played since Simpson came over and we thought are they all that but I think it's it's us and and the way that we're playing and we make these good teams not look all that and what i'm really really impressed by is under another manager we would have had maybe two maybe three players sent off but yeah you know our, our players kept their nerve and that's down to the simpson factor. He's, he's so calm you know how on yeah. football manager you sort of select how you want to say yeah. everything he's yeah. just always selecting calm isn't
0: he like he doesn't he doesn't deviate I, from that i always select aggressively on that i don't really um but yes, I mean, like you said, you're absolutely right. In terms of like the way they kept their heads, was brilliant because it would have been really, really easy for both Feeney and Simeu, playing as centre-backs especially, to get another booking. But they didn't. Mm. They kept really calm. They kept their heads. It was really, really impressive. I mean, I think Simeu was probably taken off later on simply for the fact that, look, we're going for a goal here. If we're going to take any defender off, let's take one of the ones we want to booking. And you're not going to take your captain Feeney off. He wins everything in the air. Let's just... There's always a risk with Sergio; he gets very overexcited. Yeah. As we saw, I mean, he was very, back on yeah, the pitch five minutes oh, later. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the, uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. Actually, yeah. there's got something to say about that one. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, obviously, let's get to second half. Patrick uh, stepped up. Um, yeah, it started off the second half strong. Um, full credit to Mellish on this goal. Actually, it's something that probably gets a bit missed. But he basically, that their lad was trying to shield the ball out, and Mellish had touched it last. And Mellich put so much pressure on it, he literally yeah. puts his foot on the ball on the line, not even like, yeah. you know, a bit away, right in the line, and he gets that touch, and the ref, fair play, he spotted it, you know. Mm. As a ref, I don't think he actually did that badly. We talked about the fact that he gave out so many bookings, but I think he lost control a bit in terms of the thing, but in terms of most of the decisions, he was generally on on the money with them. Um, Gibson takes a quick short corner, Patrick, one-on-one with his man, you'd always back in there. Yeah. What I love about that is, when he gets in that position there and the way he goes to go instead of going like a lot of players would flick it with the outside of the right foot and go around him that way he goes as if he's going to the byline because mm. he backs himself to get himself back into a position where he can shoot Yeah, he's not terrified of doing that he's so positive and he did that beat the second man and then hit a low shot it, it does take a, a, a decent flick off of the defender to go up into the top corner but I actually think it might have been hitting the back of the air anyway even if it hadn't mm. touched the defender it was a really well worth goal and I can but, see what they were trying to do that in midweek. You can see why they're trying to yeah. do
1: it, but he, he's done that a couple of times now. Mm. And the only way that teams can combat that is if they send two men short when they're defending the corner, yeah. and if they send two men short, Just whip it then in. well, yeah, we, we've got pl- players in the box who, yeah. who, who, who 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 you'd back in, in that situation. Yeah. So it's it's a good little threat to have.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tramir taking the lead again on 76 minutes. Uh, just this was this was more frustrating than the first goal because it really, mm. we really were on top. Of it. We were battering them, and yeah. I don't think Howard had anything anything to do for about 10 or 15 minutes at this point. And we we did, we did push forward well. Devine got fouled by spearing, and Gibson whipped a great ball into the box, which Feeney did absolutely the right thing in heading the ball down, and, uh, and it bounced up. And Murphy pulls off a brilliant save to stop it, and then does brilliantly to. Get above Simeon to punch the ball away. It comes to Gibson in the box and it's such a simple pass to yeah. to Patrick. The thing is, the view on the camera doesn't do justice for how simple it was. That's the most mm. frustrating thing. And he played it straight to their player. He takes a touch and fair play. It's a it's a brilliant first time ball for Nebit. Absolutely yeah. perfect. And Divine Divine's are probably not sitting deep enough to be honest when, mm. when you're when you're in your own half, especially knowing yeah. that the lad's gonna be onside, you mm. should be sitting deeper. Yeah. He does well to more or less get back. I think he probably could have thrown himself at the at the shot a little bit more, mm. Divine. Howard's really got no chance. It's a great great finish and bit of play from Nevit. and at that point you're just like, oh, we've thrown it away here, we've thrown a really big chance to get three mm. points and
1: it's it's oh. interesting. After the game, they interviewed uh, Morgan Feeney on the radio, yeah. and he, he sort of held his hands up, hands up, and said that his header wasn't good enough. You know, yeah, well, exactly, and it, and it was a top class save, but mm. he, he, he put his hands up and said, "No, I, I I should have done better with with my header." I just I
0: don't think he could get under the ball enough. I think he had much choice but to head mm. it down because of the, the angle mm. it came to him. But I think I thought it was all right, and in in real time, it was it was an incredible save. From mm. Behind the goal, we were like, like I said, we we're behind the goal, we were right at the very top, just right behind the middle of the goal. So, the perfect view of it. Um, yeah, so frustrating. And then, uh, <laughs> we get into injury time. Uh, and mm. the, the second red card, um, I'm struggling to see how they can debate this one. I really, yeah, really exactly. am. From behind the goal, straight away, it looked absolutely horrendous. And we both turned to each other, me and, and Phil next to me, and said, That's a red card, any day. Mm. That is a red card. I, I, I don't. Understand, like you, know, I could, you could tell, because the lad sat down, didn't he? Cause of, like as if he got cramp or something. and You thought he's doing this to delay because he knows that there's a card coming here. And when it was given again, I don't get why there was such an angry reaction to it. It was, <laughs> it was when you watch it on the I mean, you'll have watched the highlights on YouTube. Yeah, if yeah. you slow it down as well, because I saw a few people on Twitter claiming, oh, he stooped his head down, and he but he doesn't stoop his head at all. He's standing at normal height. Yeah, their lads, You can say, "Oh, but he didn't know he's there." But that's the point. You've got to be aware of what's around you. It. It's dangerous mm. play. Whether it's, mm. of course, it's not intentional. No no, no, no one believes he's put his boot in his face on purpose. Mm. But you've got to be smart on that. You've got to be aware, and that is a red card. Yeah, you yeah? <laughs> know, I can't see any good
1: idea Exactly, you can't. And I think that that was literally their argument. Is that they? It, the, their argument wasn't that his foot wasn't high. Their argument was he didn't see if he was around him. Yeah. Like, you, like you say. You need to to know what's around you, and I was a bit concerned at, at first because, like, when you're watching it, he he doesn't McDonald doesn't even like roll. Like, he looks he, sparked he, out. Isn't he? He, he, looks, looks, he looks knocked he looks out dizzy.
0: Yeah, I don't think he actually catches. his I think he catches him in the neck because mm. it's that high, basically. And, uh, and like I like it. He's not stooping. I, I, I challenge any tram fan to watch him back and tell me he's st- if he's stooping. Then he's got a hell of a posture. Because <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, he, he's still standing standing tall. It's it's not a good challenge, is it? And I think in real time it must be a different view, I suppose, for James and, and Lummy, because I think James sort of felt he was worried that McDonald had committed the foul. I mean, you watch it back, there's no way you could say McDonald no. committed a foul there. Mm. It's just a bad tackle. And then finally, Peter Clark got his booking. in, you know, at that point, which is like <laughs> genuinely you all know, like, wow, how's it taking this long for him? Because. He was up to all kinds of little tricks. There was one point he was defending and he basically had a little dig at Simeon when he was on the floor. Mm. Horrible little things like that. Fair mm. play. He's, he's, just, he's, you know, he's 40 years old. What do you expect? He, he, he's played the game for years. He knows what he's doing. Um, and then, well, well, let's talk about the... Um, uh, the, the Tramir fan in the main stand. <laughs> so this comes from them getting a, a throw in, I think it was, or a free kick. I can't which one it was. And the ball sort of rolls over. Mellish goes over to get it. But a fan leans over the ad- advertising boards. It's not very high ad- advertising boards there. Picks up the ball, feigns to give it to him so that he won't, turns around. And when I say levy, well, no, in fact, he doesn't actually. Someone else grabs it off him and then basically proceeds to welly it as high as they can into the main stand, which their fans ironically cheer about. <laughs> the ball comes back down again. Another fan grabs it and throws it up there. It comes down again and another fan boots it up there. And at this point, it's like, come on, this is getting silly. Because the mm. problem is they can't throw another ball on because they know if they throw another ball on, as soon as we're in play or something, someone's going to throw it back on yeah, to yeah. stop the play. So the ref's like, "I'm just, we need to wait for this. <laughs> so the irony is, obviously, this all happened. It was taking up about pushing on a minute, this. Mm. Melish was getting really annoyed with their fan, really. I think their fan was being a bit of an arse, to be honest. And, and I think that's when it was a bit more pushing and shoving. Obviously it plays on. Menagerie comes up to us. We that they have a shot over us and like that. We get in fact Dickinson shepherds the ball out. Howard takes a really quick goal kick to Feeney. He gets into the Trammere half unchallenged. Then he he plays the ball to Gibson who feigns to sort of almost go and dink in or something like that. Player comes to tackle him and he he skips past him. And my first thought was he needs to take another touch here. Cause he was going to shoot. And I thought, well, oh, don't shoot, take another touch first, get yourself a bit closer. But like without barely like breaking his stride, he smashed it. And when you watch it, when it's bending, I thought it's going wide. But it didn't quite bend as much as you'd expect. And it hits the post, the keeper's nowhere near it. And then Toby, man on the spot, right place, right time. Yeah. Diving headers in. And I'll tell you what, when I watch it back, it it, it seemed to me when I saw it in real time and was getting very excited, obviously, it looked like you had a lot more time and it was a lot easier. Actually, when you look it back with the defender that close, he does really yeah. well to get in there and get it into the back of the net.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, and the only way that the defender could have cleared that at that height is to put his foot through it, which would be yeah. another high foot, <laughs> another red card and a penalty. <laughs> and a penalty yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, by sort of putting his head there and diving on with the header, it, it's, it's going to be a goal, isn't it? Yeah. And then uh, well. just
0: the, the scenes after that were absolutely incredible again. Uh, just, just amazing. Uh, apologies to the Tranmere Rovers celebration police for getting too excited <laughs> at the game. Sad sucks. Like I, I can't get that. I, I'll never ever grumble about any team coming to us at Burton Park and if they score a ninety third minute, will equalise or a winner. I wouldn't be good to them celebrating like mad. Of course you do. You should celebrate yeah, every like exactly. go, late, late goal like that. Of course exactly. you could. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, it just went mad. And then, I mean, the best sight of all was Den he Simi. Yeah. He'd, he'd been sub 10 minutes later. He was the first one in front of the fans <laughs> with with, with uh, how he I mean, his pace was incredible, even at that point, after playing yeah. nearly 90 minutes of a game. And oh, it just all went mad. And if you watch the video back, there's all kinds of different things you notice each time. Yeah. I mean, I think you will spotted it, weren't you? The, uh, Christian Dennis... He's probably giving it to the to the main stand, isn't yeah, he? And yeah. The best of That wasn't the only end he celebrated in front of it. Actually, later on, he went and goes and celebrate with the players in front of our fans. Yeah. And he decides to do it to the stand on the other side as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably giving them the big licks. And like, oh, yeah. they're clearly really wound up about it, which was brilliant. Um, there was one trammy fan. I don't know if they, this was a full time or when the goal went in. He actually got onto the pitch to go and confront Mella, didn't he? I know, yeah yeah astonishing that apparently and the stewards just let him walk well, on let him walk on he absolutely shit his pants when Morgan Feeney walked up to him there apparently <laughs> just, he just like at that point oh oh I'm not getting involved there. Yeah. but yeah it's just it was it was mad uh, I think the the thing is that was literally on the stroke of 97 minutes basically so it was towards the end of the 96-53 or something like that the goal winning mm. and obviously there was six minutes added on there was a bit of a delay because of the red card but Essentially, that fan booting the ball up into the stand added on the extra minute that led to the goal. So, yeah, round of applause to, to him. Well yeah. done there. Let's 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 give him a you know a, a good round of applause. Well done. Well done. <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah, um,
1: Simo Simo said as well on the radio that. Um, Shea Silver's goal was straight off the training ground, where Gibson hits the post on purpose, and <laughs> it comes back out and from firing the rebound. So it's you know obviously re- worked really hard in training to pull that one off. And
0: yeah, that's yeah, good. It was just uh, it was mad, and like I said at the end, some of their one of their fans had to be dragged out because he was he would just wouldn't leave it, and he was the one fan left left in that little stand alongside the pitch. And our fans, obviously, they're still celebrating with the players and they're just giving him jiffy. To be fair,
1: I'm not sure I've ever been to Tranmere and not seen someone get kicked out from that they're,
0: stand. They get, they get very angry, don't they? And I'm saying this in the yeah. nice way possible because I work, obviously, I work, like you, I live in the Liverpool City region. I work in, in town and I, I work with quite a few Tramier fans. They're all spot on people. They're hmm. nothing like some of the fans you see at the ground. And I even give a wave to one of them at the game on a, on Saturday. But yeah, it's it's... Yeah, it was it was a balmy game, but in a, in a weird way, it was a great advert for League Two football. It was just exciting. Yeah, it was a bit chaotic, but what do you expect? You don't you don't want games to be boring all the time, do you? You want it to be a bit of a madness thrown in there. So amazing, amazing feeling at the final whistle. Another great point. Another masterclass from Simo. Um, yeah, um, just looking through some of the bits to talk about. And we talked about the the red cards, the discipline wise. I think. I suspect the referee will probably report both teams, and I expect a one thousand pound. In fact, it'd be more than one thousand for us. It's going to be the second time this season for us, won't it? We? Because obviously, this, it was a Sutton game, wasn't it? We got done for failing yeah. to control our players. Although,
1: so. well, if if someone got yellow for failing to control the technical area during the handbags, yeah, does does he get a retrospective yellow for the failing to control the technical area after we scored?
0: <laughs> well, so the, 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 I that was the point I was going to make. Actually, there was a Tramir fan. Being a proper cry ass on a Twitter, basically saying oh, which well, one? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, he's like, "Oh well, uh, Daniel uh entered the pitch without permission. At the end there, he'd ordered him books, <laughs> and that should actually have been a second booking for him and a red card. Give it a rest, you sad sack. <laughs> Honestly, God. Um, but yeah, it was. It was just a crazy one. Um, picking a few points out here, um, Mike. Um, some of them I've got written down. Some I've not. You might want to ask me a few bits because obviously you weren't there. You might. Want to get some thoughts from me on it. Um, Jordan Gibson, once again, terrific. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrific. Even allowing for the fact that he obviously made the mistake for the goal. And he knew he'd made a mistake because he had his head in his hands straight afterwards and he doesn't need anyone reminding me of that.
1: Yeah,
0: He never once shy from having the ball. He, his bravery in terms of asking for the ball is outstanding. He constantly said, I want it, I want it. He's basically asking for the ball. He's constantly driving forward. When we brought on... Uh, was it when we brought on Touré? I can't remember it was. I think it might have been, yeah, when we brought on um, Touré later in the game, Gibson sort of moves to being a, um, he almost came inside to be a centre midfielder because he'd been playing almost on the right wing for a lot of the second half and he'd been brilliant there. And we lost a little bit there, a tiny little bit, but he then picked mm. up towards the end. He really started to get the ball again more and really drive us forward. He really is, I potentially think he can be a really, really massive player for us next season if we mm. keep working with him.
1: Oh, definitely, and he's he's a shout for player of the season. To be honest with
0: you, as yeah. well. Um... Yeah, I, I think it's one of these ones. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's got it's got to be Feeney, or it's got to be um was the one people keep saying." Like, I mean, Howard's an obvious one, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. But people like, saying, "Oh, it's got to be Feeney, it's got to be Sensor." I think Gibson massively got to be a shout. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the amount of goals he set up and the amount he scored, and he's and he's been out of the team for for stretches as well. Mm-hmm if you'd actually played him for most of the games, I think you would have been, we probably would have done a lot better. Yeah. Millen dropping him just looks weird now, doesn't it? Just yeah. when you look back at it, um, Ian, who we both know, we've, we, we sometimes meet up before games. He, he was messaging me over day and he, his big shout was next season, Gibson could be like a number 10 style, almost Grealish style player for us in the way mm-hmm. he plays and demands the ball comes short, that kind of thing. And, you know, not so much a traditional winger in that sense, but someone who just constantly wants to get on the ball and make things happen. And I 100% can agree with that. I think it's a really great shout. Out. I think he, I'm not sure. When we first started, I thought he's a winger. You've got to play him as a winger. The more I see him now and the, the way Simmons used him, I genuinely think he could, he could make that number 10 role his own. He really could.
1: Yeah, well, apparently he played a few times there for the. Club he was with in Ireland, yeah, St Patrick's was it, I think, or Sligo, wasn't it?
0: Sligo, he was like, yeah, someone like
1: that, yeah. Um, But their fans said like he's better as a winger, Um, but you know he's still, you know, if he hasn't played a lot in that role, he's still obviously learning a lot about it. Um, Yeah, and and sometimes as as a number ten, you're only as good as the sort of strikers who are ahead of you. You know, and I think sort of in sort of Dennis and Patrick, you've got a good sort of balance there, Mm. sort of with your sort of kind of deep striker and you know someone who 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 likes to run in behind. So yeah, I'd be interested to see him, but it seems like you know we have quite a good spine for next season. You know, it's something we'll obviously obviously discuss at a later date. But I quite like sort of what we have, and if we if we can build on it, then
0: you know, dare I say, playoffs next season. Steady on, steady on. I mean, <laughs> The problem we've got next season is you're going to have potentially both Stockport and Wrexham maybe coming up. Yeah. That's the bit that worries me. You look at that and you think, okay, that's when it becomes a challenge. Mm. them two. That I'm not saying that they're guaranteed a top three finish, but you would put your money on those two finishing in the top three, probably. Um, he'd probably back Doncaster to do pretty well as well, I think, with it coming yeah, down as a strong base they've got. So, and even crew being up there as well. So it, it, that's why it suddenly becomes a challenge. But, I mean, with momentum and the way things are going, if we can keep them mm. out, which we'll, mm. we'll talk about again in a sec, actually. But, yeah, I 100% agree. I think the spine that we've got there actually isn't too bad. You just want to add bitter around the edges. You're going to struggle to keep Simeon again next season, I think. Because he, again, he oh, great there's no the way that he'll be here next year. I mean, I, I, originally I thought, well, I want to get into a League One club. I think they'll be aiming for a championship club for him, to be honest, the way he's yeah. playing, at the very least for his loan spell next season. So, you know, he, he's been terrific and he's really bought into it, which is what you want to see. If you want to see a player who really gets the club. And, and, but ho- and he hopefully
1: he's a, he's a good advert for Carlisle with, yeah. you know, other young lads that he's played with.
0: perhaps. Yeah. especially if you get into some of these England youth sides again, maybe in the in the near future, mm. you can say to those players, you know, and similar will have his contacts there as well, say, Carlisle, if you play well then you work your backside off, the fans will back you 100%. They really mm-hmm. will get behind you. And after what we saw at the weekend, another brilliant away support, I've got to say. Fantastic. Don't know what the figure is, because for, for some weird reason, Tram may don't announce it. I can't grasp it, really. He looked about. told seven. the
1: tax man it was 12.
0: So. Yeah. It <laughs> looked about seven or 800 there, I think, somewhere around about. We sold about 550, something like that, I mean, in advance, I think, originally. So yeah. there'll be quite a few paid on the day as well. But yeah, fantastic. Really good. Um, in terms of other players in the team, nice to see Kelvin Mello back in the starting lineup, wasn't it? Really, after his mm-hmm. uh, little layoff, uh, you know, I think Joe Riley's done a really good, solid job there as the as the wing back. But I'll tell you what, he just gives us a bit more presence, a little bit more height there as well. I think definitely helps. Yeah. And you do wonder if maybe you give a Riley a run out in midfield at some point in the near future for the next few games, maybe. And yeah, I just thought he was fantastic. Um, like I said, even though even after that horrendous challenge, he was still competitive he was still pushing forward he got booked in the second half it, it was a, such an innocuous nothing challenge really and, and I think that was as much the fans baying for his blood and yeah, the ref yeah. giving in to them as, as much as anything he, he but he didn't let it get to him and like you said he very much enjoyed uh, milking it at the end there when the goal went which was <laughs> was lovely to see uh, other key points Howard made a, a few good saves as well Dickinson toiled a little bit left wing back but I mean it, he's an infuriating player Dick, Dickinson isn't he because you can mm. see his ability there someone's made a point out that he's quite a big bulky muscly lad isn't he mm. and you do wonder if maybe he works a bit too much on that to the detriment of his own pace and his ability to, yeah, to yeah. move a little bit and you can sort of grasp that um, but again he keeps running he keeps working and and when he gets into good positions he'll whip a great ball into the box Yeah, you've got to get him into those positions though. that was the problem a lot of the time we weren't and he was often on the back foot, and McDonald, you know, he's been brilliant before his injury. Again, still looked a bit rusty in this game, and that probably yeah. didn't help Dickinson. I think if Mellish starts on the as a left centre back, you probably see a better game from from Dickinson. I'm not having a total go at McDonald. I'm just saying, no, I'd M- agree. Yeah. Mellish is up to pace, and he would cope a bit more. Mellish in midfield played all right Had a decent game. You know, he looked threatening mm. on the attack. You know, he really Harry plays. He really drove things forward. He like he he doesn't give a toss either. Like he, he's quite happy to go in with anyone and pick on anyone. And cause, <laughs> I mean, at the end, again, I watched the, the Eiffel thing back and at the end where they're all, you know, going up to the ref and shaking hands and stuff. He goes to shake Peter Clark's hand and he refused, Peter Clark refused to shake his hand <laughs> and he just laughed in his face. He's like, all right, fine. Don't bother mate. Hmm. He just did enjoy- He just loves it. Big John. Um, yeah another great game from him like I said Gibson had a great game Divine was solid enough midfielder I, I think probably worth giving him a run in midfield now maybe because like I said Whelan didn't have a good game at Rochester at all mm. I think Divine looked a lot better there and even in attack you know he didn't have that many chances but once again Gibson worked his backside off and he really mm. really did and that makes a big difference and Big Toby coming on made the impact as a sub I think that's going to be his role for the rest of the season just keep doing that and then work on in the summer and what what can you do to be better when you are starting games that's the thing no
1: striker wants to be a super sub you know but he
0: seems happy I mean he he could have complained about not coming on as early in some games recently or not coming on in the game against Bristol Rose things like that but he was quite happy and he's got a big smile on his face when he's playing four goals in ten games now yeah
1: that's not a bad return is it and I've noticed as well Sutton have gone downhill since he left (laughs)
0: Well, the, 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 as we we're recording I mean, today, they're playing in the uh, Peter final. i, I even look. Oh, of course, they're not playing. The game doesn't exist, does it? Um, but no, yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm just trying to dig out here because um, I think as well, in terms of top scorers, interesting fact, there was a lot of talk recently, wasn't there, that we might have our lowest ever top scorer in mm. a league season. That can't happen now because the lowest yeah. was seven in the O three O four 4 season, which was McGill and Farrell. And uh, Mari Patrick's now on eight goals since he yeah, come back. Incredible. Eight goals in 18 games. He's beaten, in 18 games, he's beaten his record in 44 games <laughs> in his first spell, which basically shows he's a striker now, essentially, isn't he? Yeah. Essentially, he, he, he's more or less averaging a, a goal every other game. He, he needs to get a couple against um, Exeter or uh, Walsall in the next couple of games and then. That'll get I back up I think when, when
1: he's not scoring and other teams have kind of done the homework on him and they're kind of doubling up on yeah. him, Dennis loves uh, finding them little pockets of space that, you know, are available now because they're paying so much attention to Patrick.
0: Well, yeah, that's what happened against Bristol Rovers. Basically, mm. they doubled up him for much of the game. He didn't really do much. And then that one moment he did get away, mm. Dennis is then lurking and then he's yeah. able to, to pounce. So, fantastic. So, yeah, your top scorers at the moment, like Amari Patrick on eight, Gibson's on seven, and then Toby... He's now moved up to third on four goals. Hmm. Do you know who are joint um, fourth places with three goals each? Three players?
1: Uh, Abrams. Yeah. Uh, and, ooh, no, I, I don't know about next. Big, uh, Big John. Big John, yeah.
0: And Zakloff. So two, oh, really? of them, two of them mm. are even involved in the squad. <laughs> mm. Just like, One's ones left and one's out on loan. So crazy that, isn't it, really? But there you go. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think i have more or less covered it. I've like, oh, actually one more thing I wanted to mention. Actually, I went to the game. Uh I went to the game with my um my partner Megan. We uh she basically had been twining at me for ages saying, Why don't you ever take me to Carlisle Games? And I said to <laughs> you, if I take you to one, you'll probably find out why I don't let like, take you to the games. <laughs> it's not as much fun as you'd think. Annoyingly, it was a fun game this weekend. So she, she she said to me afterwards, Oh, that's genuinely, that's genuine. the most I've enjoyed it at Carlisle Games and she'd been taking me. I was like, Oh, great. That's fun! But now, in all seriousness, we had, a, we had a great day out. We um, got the bus over. And then what we did is actually we went to the fan zone before the game at tranmere's Tramere, uh, Ground. Um, it's basically a marquee, like a big sort of almost like a wedding style marquee in the car park. What a fantastic setup that was. Hmm. Really, really good. Um, it's got like a big long bar along one side. It's got some food stall in another corner. The supporters trust have got these really cool like retro and smart design T-shirts. You know, nothing looks any tacky or anything. It's like ones that most fans would look oh that's smart i'd buy that kind of thing and and that and you've got like loads of scarves hanging up on one end like fans have donated their old scarves hanging up and then you've got like flags from different supporters groups and stuff all around the edge there's a big screen down one end with the with the football on um absolutely brilliant they must have been pushing on 200 people they had a bit of food in there as well it was really nice and mm. and yeah it, it's all run by their supporters trust as well the, the club basically said to them you run it Make the money off it. I don't know whether they keep the money for themselves and put it back into the club, or the club takes the money. But, but they basically volunteer to run it for them. And it was a brilliant setup, and it just made me think, wow. If you had something like this at Brunton Park, I'm pretty sure me and you would both go down earlier on a match day. When we oh yeah, be definitely. Because we hmm. were down there for like, I think how time it was. It would have been about, was it one o'clock? I think we got down there. I think around about one half one, and it was already getting busy then. Hmm. the The bar was pretty deep by the time we got to about quarter past two at that point we were going into the ground anyway a little bit after that but yeah fantastic setup the only thing that, that uh unnerved me a bit is he's got like a wooden floor underneath and it was a bit it wasn't quite steady it was a bit wobbly so even if you've only had one drink you feel like you're a bit drunk already because <laughs> you're like whoa i'm getting a bit unsteady on my feet here but yeah fantastic setup full, full credit to tram for that and uh yeah i mean in the nicest way possible i would look forward to going there next season <laughs> if they're still down but i'm sure they're hoping we don't go there next season but um I wouldn't bet against them uh, getting up in the playoffs, but it looks a bit of a tough one for them because they're, they're, they're on a bit of
1: a downward trajectory
0: now, aren't they? They're struggling to get a bit of form together. They were helped at mm. the weekend by the fact that Newport played against um, uh, Exeter didn't really mm. and they lost. And In fact, actually, before we go on, before we actually go on to the, uh, the match previous section, if we talk about the League 2 table and have a little look for it, Mike, because yeah. it's the moment, isn't it? I mean, d- down on the bottom, um, in terms of the results this weekend, um, just looking through them here, I mean, Oh, bit of a bit of a bad run for Barrow, wasn't it? Being 1 yeah. 0 up in that game and uh and close, and then they end up uh, losing 2 1 with an 89th minute winner as well. That, that's a proper stinker for them. And um, funny funny thing about that is that someone was saying about um, uh, apparently, what something about Phil Brown was mentioning about a sponsored run he's doing or something after the game. <laughs> yeah. I was like my God, I mean, not be funny. If Paul Simpson come on and done that, or Keith Melinda that when we were struggling, yeah. I, can you imagine the reaction of our fans to that? You? Are you taking the, the mickey here?
2: Yeah.
0: But there you go. But I mean, the big clash at the bottom, I mean, Scunthorpe are, are dead and buried now. They lost, unsurprisingly lost to mm. um, Forest Green Rovers. You'd expect them to do that though, wouldn't you? Because Forest Green are, are pretty much there now, aren't they? Um, was Stevenage home against Oldham? And Oldham picked up a 1-0 win. They've yeah. won 2 out 2 now and they're not in the box seat just yet for well, survival. Well, did you see John Sheridan's post-match interview? I didn't, and I really want you to tell me about it now. You've
1: uh, he's like fuming at his players. He's like, yeah, some of the players are celebrating. And I said, why are you celebrating? And
0: he was like... He hates... Them celebrating, we've learned that yeah. now, haven't
1: we? John Sheridan is the celebration police, um, yes, yes, he <laughs> yeah. is. He's
0: the chief commissioner of the celebration police, the EFL celebration police. He, um, he dictates but, when you can celebrate,
1: but yeah, he was fuming. I'd, I'd advise you to try and dig that out later on because it's uh, classic Sheridan. I
0: will do, but yeah, when you look at it, Oldham have got two wins in a row now. Stevenage, if yeah. what have they haven't won, after. probably goes back a bit further, but their last five is a draw and then four consecutive losses. Mm. Barrow. Draw, uh, draw one and then three consecutive losses. It's it's not looking good for those two. I mean, Barrow and Stevenage have both got a game in hand on Oldham, but Oldham have now got a six better goal difference than Stevenage, and Barrow their game in hand is against Exeter and it's with like a couple of games to go or something like that. Mm. I mean, Exeter are not going to ease up in that game, are they? No. There and I think it's at Exeter as well. Mm. In fact, it is, yes, because I remember the the Exeter game they played early in the season is the one where Cooper got done for his uh, naughty words toward the female official. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, f- for for Barrow, it looks really, really sticky for them. They need to get a win out somewhere.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I, mean, I'm, I know Dan's got his own views for financial reasons as to why he wants Barrow to go <laughs> down. But personally, I think I'd rather see Stevenage just because I'm just Bit border than being in the football league now. I don't yeah, like Steve so, Evans either, so. and
1: either o- o- And are, uh, are a proper football league club, aren't they? And yeah, it's uh, it's always it's a nicer away game yeah. for us next
0: season than Stevenage. Yeah. yeah, plus plus I want you to experience the away end at Hawker Street because well you yeah, can't see it and it's it's something else. Um, but yeah, I am mean, looking at, beyond that. I mean, Rochdale are on forty four points ahead of Steven. Uh, basically, well, if you if you basically allow for Stevenage to win their game in hand and put everyone on thirty seven. Rochdale is seven points clear. Not, well, not all All three of them are not going to win three games in a row. so yeah, exactly. Rochdale should be just about all right, I think. Colchester then on 45. And then it's up to I think it's four teams on 47 points, including ourselves, bottom of that pile, because of our bad goal difference. But it's us, Walsall, Harrogate and uh, Bradford City, all on 47 points. Interestingly, mm. we've got all three of those teams to play in our last three games, in our last six games. Yeah. So... There's every chance we could really and actually get a decent plus 50 points finish, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the highest that we can realistically finish is 12th because yeah. um, you sort of then have a jump to 11th, which is... Well, something- I'm, I'm-
0: I mean, I'm looking at it here actually it, it's 14 points to 11. it's not going to happen because Sutton will, will win at least one of their remaining yeah if you but think, so. I mean
1: Sutton down in 11th yeah. to Port Vale in 3rd you've got 5 points separating 3rd th- ston- to well,
0: 11th every time I look at it it's someone different in 3rd place mm. Forest Green and Exeter for me are gone they will they will go up as, as mm. two of the premier teams and fair play to them two of the best I mean when we, we went down there Mike didn't we, we we thought Exeter were a really good side didn't we and we yeah. were really impressed by them Um You'll see them at the weekend. Obviously, we'll touch on that in a sec. But like beyond that, I mean, Bristol Rovers have been in third at some point recently when we played them, I think. Yeah. Northampton were in third when we played them. I'm pretty sure Trammey have been. Newport, actually, a couple of games ago were in third, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Swindon down to 10th. I, mean, I think they battered us and they were right up there. It, it's incredible, actually, how much it changes in there. The, the, the one the one that's a bit of an anomaly is, is Mansfield because they've got these games in hand to catch up on, mm-hmm. haven't they? So they... They're probably in the best position to finish in third place, especially with their re- recent record. I think they've won three and drawn one of the last four. So, mm. But Port Vale, that said, win after win after win for them. I don't mm. know if they've got to play Mansfield in the remaining games, but... Wow, it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very exciting at the top of the league too, at the end of the season, isn't it? I think it's first. So. Yeah,
1: definitely. It wouldn't surprise me if someone goes up or makes the playoffs or something on goal difference or even on goals scored, because it's, yeah. like, it's literally that tight. And even yeah. goal differences are all sort of similar as well. Yeah, wow.
0: Well, we we, we talked. I said we wouldn't have much to talk about in that first half. We've done 50 minutes of a first half. <laughs> in it's incredible. But there you go. Well, um, we'll take a short break now and then we'll be back to preview the exit of the game.
2: This is John Mellish. You listen to the
0: Brunton Bugle. And we're back for the preview section of the podcast. Um, yeah, as usual, reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast through all good podcast apps. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, anything like that. If you can also give us a review on any of those, that'd be fantastic. We've got a lot of five-star reviews, which is very, very generous of you. Thank you very much. Um, you can also follow us on social media, at and Bugle on Twitter, uh, search for the button Bugle on Facebook and click like. And uh, we're on the cumberines.net message board and the Be Just and Fear Not facebook groups and also um you can contact us by email brunterbugle at gmail.com we'll sort out the carrier pigeon for next season maybe a po box as well <laughs> so you can contact us any way possible or just give us a tap on the shoulder at a game coming up we've had we've had that a few fun we, we were like mm-hmm. i think it was the sutton game wasn't it someone saying to me oh who you are how are you going to talk about that one on the podcast this week hey that's again i've never <laughs> met you before in my life but thank you very much very generous of you but there you go um so because we're recording quite early this week, we uh, not going to be able to fit in a behind enemy lines section. So we'll uh, get straight into it then, Mike. Um, so this week, we haven't got any referee news because we don't know who's winning the ref yet because it's very early. I've got a secret link. I can find them out a bit earlier than normal usually. And I've gone in and they're not listed yet. I think if it had been tomorrow, we might have had them. But unfortunately, no referee uh, lineups for this weekend's game. So we don't know on that one. Uh, so let's get straight into some of the stats then, Mike. Uh, obviously facing Exeter this weekend. Head to head record, sixty uh, fifth time we've faced Exeter. That's quite high actually for a, for a yeah. Southwest team as well. Because obviously you've had the split divisions. It kind of shows that we've we've been in similar levels quite a few times in our history, doesn't it? Really, when you think about it. So it's
1: more so in recent history as well.
0: Yeah, I think a lot. A lot. We've played them quite a lot. when you think about it in the last. Because even even when we went down to the national or uh, the conference. We played them mm-hmm. that season, didn't we? So mm-hmm. it just shows. Um, so last season, Exeter, they finished in ninth place in uh, League Two. It was it's kind of a weird run that Matt Taylor's had as manager, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, this season, they're currently second place on 71 points from 39 games, 16 positions and 24 points ahead of United, Haven't played one game less. I mean, you cannot see them missing out on promotion, really, at the moment, can you? Especially the way they're playing in the current form. Um, yeah, exactly. Manager is Matt Taylor. He was appointed in uh, sorry, May twenty eighteen. Um, he's actually the longest-serving manager in League Two now. No manager's been here longer, basically. So when you think about it, since he's been appointed in May twenty eighteen, I'll say that's when Curl left, wasn't it, as manager of us? Um, we've had Sheridan. Um, who was Sheridan's uh, assistant again, who was caretaker? I can't remember his name now. Uh, thingy, baldy fella. What's his name? Oh, Tommy Wright. Tommy Wright. Tommy that's right. Right, that's Don't smart. know why I completely got in my head there. So we had Wright and Murray, so we'll call them one basically. So Wright and Murray. We then had Presley. We then had Skelton as caretaker. We've had Beach. We've had um, Skelton again. Millen. And then we've had... Um, <laughs> we've had uh, Simpson come in.
1: Yeah. Eight well, different...
0: Manager spells effectively. At that
1: yeah, time. exactly. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just nuts, isn't it? Really. Uh, uh, we
1: haven't been that club.
0: Well, in in the time I've supported us, we've never been that club. No. <laughs> we, we, we've said this before on the pod, haven't we? That, that people sort of forget that we were a very, very stable club for a long period. Mm. I mean, from from Greg through to you know Greg, Greg being appointed as manager in what was it, uh, late two thousand eight, through to Curl leaving mm. in too in 2018 we had three managers mm. and one of them was only a manager for one year basically mm. so you think about it it's you know covered had his year and then you had a, a brief caretaker spell there with um with farewell and kagan charge if you, if you don't include that like i said that's three permanent managers in that time
1: mm. even if you go back further i know we had the blip with mcdonald and ward but mm. we had collins sort of well on and off for a bit um and obviously simpson Again, was was there yeah.
0: for a while. So, yeah. well, you know what? I've just realised I missed the manager from that list when I listed it before. I forgot to put Sheridan in. No, you you,
1: sta- you started with Sheridan. Did I start I with Sheridan? I'm yeah.
0: sure I didn't. I thought I missed him out. Maybe I didn't, or maybe I did. Actually, I do apologise. Anyway, <laughs> um, we've been going on for quite a long time, here, haven't we? Um, so yeah, he's um, led them to a player finishing his second season in charge. He's done a decent job. Actually, since taking over from Tinsdale. Mm. Uh the other two seasons he finished in ninth place. So. I mean, it looks like they're going to go one better this season and get a, a top three finish and get promoted to League One for the first time in 10 seasons. Mm. Uh, last time out as well. Brilliant result for them. Mm. Against a playoff chase inside, uh, Newport County beat them 1-0 thanks to Timothy Dieng's 72nd-minute goal. Um, form-wise, absolutely terrific their form, isn't it, Mike? When you look at it. Um, yeah. Currently fourth in the last six games form table record of drawn 1-1, drawn 1-1, so... Put your money on a draw this weekend, maybe. Um, but the, when you stretch it back further, they've only lost once in their last 16 fixtures. And they've won 11 of those and drawn the other four. So, I mean, mm. this is not going to be an easy test this weekend. I mean, this is probably going to be the toughest test we face in the remaining six fixtures, I reckon. Mm. By quite a way as well, I'd imagine. Um yeah, so fantastic. Uh, quick look through the squad then. Mike, uh, any any names stand out to you there people? Obviously looking back to the game we went down to Grecian uh, Grecian Park um St James's Park early this the season. Any any names stand out particularly?
1: Um well, obviously uh Dieng, I think he's on 11 this season. Um yeah. I had him down as a striker, but apparently well he's played most of his Career I, as like a defender slash midfielder.
0: I, I thought he was a holding midfielder. I was quite surprised when you said he's on a lot of goals I was like, wow, is he really on that many? Yeah, I was
1: really um, surprised that. And obviously, they've got uh, Matt Jay as well. He's he's not 12. But tw- I mean, 12 goals as a striker in a sort of solid top three team isn't a lot. You know, when you bear in well, mind that pa- Patrick, who joined us in January, is on eight. Yeah. Y- you know, um, and ov- obviously, they've got uh, Ozzy Zanzala, who. Can cause a lot of problems, but I think is he not injured at
0: the minute? Uh, no, he's back. He came back from. Back. Well, he looked like he might be off for the season, but he actually he played against Newport. Looking at the lineup, see, he, he um, yeah, he played. He played eighty-one minutes of that game before he was mm-hmm. sub for a lad who's on loan from him, Huddersfield Town. Next, time, I'm looking through their top scorers here, Mike. actually actually, actually on twelve goals for the season. Ah, um, okay, and he's level with Matt J. I think Matt J he might have been out out the starting lineup for a little bit recently. Mm. I think he's been used as a sub quite a lot, but. Um, but yeah, he's, he, like I said, match was, was terrific. I mean, when we played down there, he looked he looked a very good player as well. And mm. he's maybe not, not quite had the same form in recent matches. Sam Nombe, that they signed from MK Dons last summer, he, he's looked a really good signing for them, actually. He's done really well with his nine goals in 28 appearances this season. So Dawson's a, a good
1: keeper as well. He, he was keeping yes. uh, Kieran Westwood out of the team at Sheffield Wednesday for a, for a period.
0: Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't he? Because there was a lot of big things thought of him. When he was mm. at Sheffield Wednesday, and he's never really kicked on, and as a result, essentially that he's had to go out on loan to get football because he's what twenty five, twenty six now, so he's not mm. young. But you imagine—I like, wonder if he's out of contract in the end of season. If he, you know, if he gets extra promoted, he might want to basically move on to them and sign on to them, or maybe another big League One club. Potentially, he might be mm. looking at for next season. But he's clearly a good player. I mean, they signed Patrick Ammon, didn't they, in mm. the summer on loan from Newport County? You thought that's a good experience, but actually, when you look at it, his goalscoring records really dropped off. Since that Mm. excellent season he had a few years ago. And this season he's only actually got two goals in twenty two appearances, so he's not really chipping in as many, is he? It's actually there is a real drop off from the from the four Diane obviously is a midfielder, but from those, you know, four foot attackers or midfielders that are in the the top four scorers for them, you then get down to Joshua Key, he's only got two goals. Mm. So they rely heavily on on Jay. Dieng Nombé and Giovanni Brown another one again who promised so much at Colchester never really kicked on but mm. he's having a terrific season at Exeter there's seven goals and 11 assists on top of that as well mm. Which is a really but it's better than concern. but dependent on one
1: player you know
0: no that's true I mean when you look down to it I mean I'm looking here they've got right down Sanzal only actually got one goal in his nine appearances since he signed for them but yeah the the goals go right down um that Jake Caprice, he scored a goal against us, didn't he, down at uh, St. James' back. And that's his only goal in his career so far. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely typical Carl United, that. But there you go. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're, they're clearly absolutely flying in terms of that. And um, I mean, looking through the list, Archie Collins, I don't think has actually scored for them this season. But he's on seven assists. Mm-hmm. So again, he's another key, play, you know, really important player for them. So... They've got quality all over the pitch there, have when you look at it, like you said there, I mean, Pierce Sweeney, someone we talked about before, is a terrific defender at this level. Yeah. Um, and even into midfield, like you said, Dieng's been great for them. Matt Jay's listed as a, a midfielder, interestingly, on on transfer market. I, don't, I think he started out there, I don't think they've ever changed mm-hmm. his position to be a striker maybe, but yeah, they've got a few players on loan in attack, and like you said, Senzal is one of those ones, when he's on form, he... The game against Barrow, he he had a bit of a stinker, really. He missed an absolute sitter, and then he really wasn't in the game. The fans really got. Yeah, I imagine the way Simpsons got our fans behind us now, he's just going to get jipped for ninety minutes mm. a <laughs> day for a thing. But but yeah, it's it's one of those Donzecs. I think it, it's about time they got promoted, isn't it? Because they've just been a, a consistently playoff side. Even go back beyond. I mean, if I, if I get the stats up here in a second, I'll, I'll have a quick look, look and see what. Um, exactly what they've done in in recent seasons. I mean, I'm looking through here. Since they returned to League Two, um, they finished 10th in the first season and then they had a bit of a stinker one where they finished 16th. But then since then, 10th, 14th, 5th, 4th, 9th, 5th, 9th. So they've not finished lower than 9th in the last five seasons, basically, before this. Mm. So you would 100% expect them to, to be right up there. Like I say, it's about time they they, they got off because if they don't, got this season, it gets to a point where you say, what what's the major issue here at this club? Yeah. <laughs> really, it's, it's a tough one, is it? Because they're they're clearly a very well run club, and you know it's all it's all going really well there. And like I said, and yeah. it's a nice nice little ground they've got set up there. So good luck to them after this weekend, of course. But um, we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, then Mike, let's uh, move on to the. Uh, Section where we talk about United ahead of the, the big game. Um, unless you want anything else you want to talk about in terms of exit, I'm guessing not. Nope. we talked enough about them. Great stuff. Um, well, yeah, looking to the game, injury-wise, I think it's just down now to just Devit and Sr. are out for the season. Mm. I do think there's any others injured that you can think of off the top of your head. Uh, Lucas Jensen, no. <laughs> He's missing an action, maybe. He's not injured. Um, I can't think of anyone else who's out injured now. So you know, no, I think not... that's it. Not a bad little set. It's just annoying that it's two of our best midfielders that are, mm. are out and not available, but there you go. Um, yeah, so Kelvin Miller back to full fitness by Doctor Finks by the fall 90. He was excellent against Tramere. Uh In terms of, obviously, loan plays, we've mentioned before, Abrahams, Charters and Manpower are all out on loan, so unavailable too. What would you do ahead of this game, Mike? You're going to be actually there, so um, yeah. What, what do you think you would do in terms of lineup? Would you change things a little bit, maybe?
1: Um To be honest, I think I'd rather see Mellish in that left centre back slot than McDonald. Yeah, like you know, I I understand you know Mellish by all accounts had a decent game in midfield and not knocking that. But as as a centre back, that back three of Simeo, Feeney and Mellish, they they have a really good understanding and and they're very solid. Um, So I'd like to stick with that. To be honest, and then Mm. maybe stick Riley in midfield instead of uh, Mellish.
0: Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd agree with you on that one, I think, maybe. And then McDonald's obviously, to the bench. Um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't disagree with that too much. Then you've got the, Riley and Devine in there. So Yeah, I mean,
1: the, the only thing would be is that the, there isn't a left foot in the
0: midfield then. Uh, uh, maybe not, but I mean, yeah, it's whether you could maybe then bring Dickinson back into the midfield and put Armour at left wing back, maybe, bring him back. Mm. Possibly, he's had a rest this weekend. He's, like I said, he struggled a little bit recently. Um I'd agree with that. The the only issue as well taking him out on midfield, um Mellish, is that you do lose a bit of height in there as well. Because Gibson's yeah. obviously not the biggest. Divine's okay. But one thing is Melish will win everything in the air in midfield as mm. well when the ball, mm. the ball gets a bit more aerial. So that's where you've got a bit of a challenge there, isn't it? So but I'm sure um Sims will come around to it. I, I'd agree with you. I think I'd like to see Melish go back into defence, I think. I think that's where he's best, to be honest. That's where you're gonna get the best out of him. Um don't know whether maybe change it up front a little bit possibly I'm not, not 100% certain um, it was nice to see Turi come off the bench at the weekend you know he was you know he part of his game he still looks a bit rusty but actually the other part of it he looked pretty you know he looked lively and and, and I think defenders do panic a bit when he gets on the ball mm. I think we panic a bit because we don't know what the hell he's going to do <laughs> half the time but it's exciting we're in a yeah. situation where we're not going to go down why why not throw a bit of a wild card in there mm. but, um, but yeah I'm with you I think I'd, I'd maybe just that's probably the only tweak I'd do. It's whether you then bring in Riley, and whether you change Dickinson at left wing back for Armour. Maybe that's the only mm. one. I'd stick with Miller at right wing back. I thought he was excellent the weekend, mm. and I'd stick with your front two. Even your back three, other than like that third left back, left centre back one picks itself. And
1: yeah, I think the players uh, will benefit from us not having a midweek game this week as well. Oh yeah,
0: hundred percent. Nice, good rest for them. And mm. like I said, Dennis, Dennis and. Um, Patrick up front getting a real understanding so yeah. don't change that because that could be your front two next season just keep working on that yeah. get them a good understanding get them ready for it to be the first choice next season and other players into the challenge for them so fantastic um, match predictions then. then Mike what are we going for? Uh,
1: I'm going to go for another thrilling 2-2 draw and I'm going to go for Dennis and Patrick with our goals
0: Okay, okay. You know what? Uh, I got the score right last week, didn't I? Did I go for 2-2? Two, two? And I- you went for Toby to score a last-minute winner, so <laughs> yeah. combined, you know, a little handshake there. Well done. I think we got that together. We have
1: said, though, like even before we're doing this, because often we'd put on scorecasts at games we go yeah. to together, and often it's a combination of what
0: we've both predicted that is actually what happens. What we really should do is put our own scorecasts on and then basically say together, right, what we're going to do is a combined one. Hopefully yeah. do that, we probably actually win some money that way. I mean, yeah. There you go. Um what am I gonna go for? You know what? I'm gonna go for a two two draw as well. An exciting two two draw against a team that's flying Um and I'm gonna go Zanzala will score for them. It's a yeah, no. I mean, having not had a great game against us for Barrow, he's a decent team now. Um I'm gonna go for goals from uh Big John, Melish will get one and Amari will get another. I think go for Patrick and uh, Mellish to get the goals. So if you I... want to do a combination
1: of what we both said, you need <laughs> to back Dennis and uh, Mellish. I think. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs>
0: um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to because um, I'll, I'll be watching this one hopefully on the iFollow from the uh, from from a, a bar just outside the Olympic Stadium in Berlin. Because obviously I'm going to that. We'll touch on that in a minute. Actually, I'll talk about what I've got my plans are. Share everyone with my holidays, my little football <laughs> holiday. Um, yeah, let's see Dan's prediction then. Actually, while we're at it, on. Oh, I'm going to go for Carlisle one, Exeter one, and Christian Dennis to score our goal. Oh, sounds lovely by the pool in Turkey, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Little sounds coming along there. That's very nice of it for Dan there. Uh, well, we'll get onto the X file section in just a sec. But Dan has sent us in a new question. I forgot to do it at the start, of the second half. Actually, I should have done it then, really. But this is uh, Dan's question. Mick, he says it's a tough one, and he said he'd be very impressed if we get them all. So, here's what Dan's question is. During our playoff games against Exeter, how many nationalities were named on the team sheet for Carlisle United? And by nationalities, I mean footballing, so obviously England, Scotland, etc., instead of UK. Oh, God, that's a tough one. We've got quite a few. Mm. How many different ones were there? I mean... Go for the team. Right, should, 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 we, should we have a go at this before? if I let's do the x file section first, actually. Yeah. We can have a little thinking ahead. Because, so, actually, the x file section is very short this week. Because, obviously, we're doing it before the midweek games. So there isn't many, many midweek games, anyway, to be fair. But um, goals-wise, at the weekend, Mike, there was a few goals, wasn't there? It's fair to say. Um, yeah. Especially, two of them came in one game for Morecambe against Burton Albion. A massive win for Morecambe, this. Mm-hmm. They beat Burton Albion 3-0. And there was goals from Arthur Ganua. And Cole Stockton, more on him in just a second as well, to be fair. I mean, that is a huge result for them. We'll, maybe we'll have a little look at the bottom of League One, actually, while we're at it, shall we? Because, I mean, mm. that's obviously what we're looking towards now. We're looking at, well, who's we can't really look at the, the problem with the National League is there's so many teams in the playoffs. It's hard to actually work out who's probably going to be coming up, isn't it? Mm. We're just sort of guessing, really, as to, as to which side might actually be the one that, uh, that joins us. In terms of League One, I mean, crew are dead and buried, as are Doncaster, aren't they, I think, effectively. So you're not going to see either of those two coming up. They're staying up even. Um, So, you're looking at Crew Alexander on 25 points coming down. That's a nice one for us, isn't it? Doncaster with only five games left. They're seven points adrift. Can't see it, to be honest. They're not going to win enough games to stay up. AFC Wimbledon, I think, is it 20 games now they've gone without winning? Or something insane like that? Yeah, something like that. They're on a Generally, one of the worst runs I've ever seen in the football league. It's, it's incredible. So that's gonna be nice. That's gonna be a new ground to visit next season. I mean, nice little trip to London for us to sort. I think we'll have to get our two together rail card sorted, Mike, for that one, won't we? Yeah, definitely. Hey, well, Martin Lewis hasn't got any shit on us. Has he, really? there you go. Um, and then also, like I said, Morecambe picked up those three points, and that means they're now on thirty-five points. Gillingham having played a game more on forty-one. Oh God, please no! I, I just don't, I just don't want Gillingham to to come down. It's an awful yeah. one to to go to. So, with great respect to Markham, I do hope they ask it up. To be honest, <laughs> or at the very least, Fleetwood managed to ask it up. We've got, actually got two games in hand on um, on Gillingham. So, I've still never been yeah. to Fleetwood either. No, I've I've been there once for a League Cup game. That's it. I think so. It'd be nice to go there for a league match. We'd have a little day out in Blackpool. So, so there you go. So that's our little League League One table update in terms of who's coming down. We look like we've definitely nailed on for Doncaster and Crew. Wimbledon look in danger pretty much of joining them. And then beyond that, you've got any free of Morecambe, Gilligan, and Fleetwood. With Gillingham and Morecambe looking the two most likely. So there you go. Um, other goals, Jamie Proctor. He's got a decent run at the moment, isn't he? He's getting a few goals and he's scored mm. again in Port Vale's 2-1 win at Barrow. Mm. That puts Barrow back in trouble, that one. Uh, and then Stefan Scugle, again, he's on a run. Two penalties in the space of a, a week, isn't it? Scored mm-hmm. last week for Al Not as good a result this weekend. Uh, they lost three two to Dunbar, and his actual penalty was in ninety first minute. So, not not really one that he'll be too pleased about. There you go. Only of a little bit of uh, X Files news is uh, Mister Cole Stockton again. I've got to mention him because he he's been named in the top ten League One players by Four Four Two magazine. Came fourth. That's quite incredible for a a player in a team that's in the bottom four, isn't it? Yeah. Although
1: I almost think them kind of scrapping suits the way that he plays a little bit. Yeah. As, do you know what I mean? As the big striker. like I think he'd struggle a bit more in a team that's more on the front foot. It,
0: it reminds me of remember James Norwood. Was it James mm. Norwood He was at Trammey a few years? Yeah, really yeah. Well for them. He then went to Ipswich and he's not done much there. Has he? And he struggled mm. because the team wasn't really built to his strengths as much as anything. So I'd imagine Cole Stockton won't be at Markham next season. I think mm. teams will come in for him. Whether he'll do as well over teams, I don't know. He might actually be a decent player for them, just not score as many goals. He might be a bit more a target man. But, uh, but there, there you go. So um, let's have a go at Dan's question then, shall we, Mike? Um, oh, God, this is tough. Um,
1: well, obviously England. Obviously England. Um, well, yeah,
0: England. Let's let's go through the teams. You have got England. Would be Gillespie, Tom Miller. Uh,
1: well, countless players. Kind of, so uh, you got. R-
0: England, Ireland, you definitely yeah. go Ireland because you've got. O'Sullivan O'Sullivan and Little. David did David play in those ones? Little's English, so he wouldn't be. Oh, was it? Um, so, yeah, that's that's two. Uh, Bermuda, yes. With Reggie Lamb
1: I'd want to say as well New Zealand for Max Crocombe because he said team
0: sheets. Team sheets, that'd be Max Crocombe. Yeah. That's um, fair. Okay. Did we have Mo Sagath then? No, no, that was under um, Presley. That's just way ahead of. the great! I'm trying to think. In midfield, I mean, Nikki Adams Welsh. He played Wells under 21. So, oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's five, I think. Um, oh, this is. I, rem- I
1: remember their keeper at the time. It, he had like a funny foreign name that was yeah. like it was something like.
0: Oh. We are we counting the away team more because I'm not. I'm not going uh, for it. I he said either. on the he said on the team sheets. So oh, God's sake, I'm not going to know the the, the the foreign ones. Yeah, um, I think their keeper yeah, was like foreign, f- so yeah, finish or exciting, something. No? Oh, forget forget. Let's forget. Get, let's just try and do the color ones. So we have got five there. Um, I think I think Kelvin are two who came the season after, didn't he? So he wouldn't count. And he, Hallam Hope, yeah. I think, don't think it was at that point either, was he? So we had Proctor, no. Proctor and Abeire both English. Um, Sean Miller English as well, so no. Um, oh, James Bailey was English. Who else would have been with us at that point? I'm trying to think. People who might have been on the bench who were subs. I mean, oh! Junior Joachim, would he be on the bench for one of those games, maybe? Uh... Should, uh, should we go with Junior Joachim as one? French? So we got yes. six. I think. So I think we so far got English, English, Irish, Welsh, Bermudan. There was another one I said, and I can't remember who it was. Now this is really going to annoy me. Um, we said uh, New Zealand. New uh, Zealand, Max Craigman, well, mm. well remembered. Um, and I what was one I just said there? French, maybe for yeah. Joe Chim. I'm trying to think of the players we signed. We did we didn't have any Scottish players in the team? Did we? I, I don't think we did. I don't think there was a Scottish player in there. I'm trying to think of, like, African or Caribbean we had maybe in there. No, I think Reggie Lambs. Do you think six? Yeah. Six. I'm trying to think for the home legs and the away legs, if there was different lineups. It's Kennedy playing, and he's obviously English. Midfield-wise, I mean, Mike Jones would be English. Oh, this is... Axeter pretty... might have had a Scottish player if we didn't. Yeah, do we have any Northern Irish ones in there? I can't remember. No, I don't Are we going to so. go... Should we go for six? I mean, it's, yeah, we're gonna to have to try and guess here. If, if to, to be honest, we could spend here all day and you'd have dead air, which no one wants. Yeah. So, you so go. So let's have the answer from Dan. And if it includes the extra ones, I'm going to be fuming because I'll be supposed <laughs> to know them. So there we go. And the answer is six: Ooh. England, Wales, Ireland, New Zealand, Bermuda, and Pakistan. Ah. Oh oh is it samir Navi? oh maybe it would be wouldn't it free samir Navi. he must have mm. been on the bench one of those games oh wow that, that's a fair play we, we got the number right we didn't get the, the nationalities <laughs> yeah. right we got one wrong but no fair play dan that was that mm. was a that was a cracking little question actually mm. in the end it was a if you'd made it clear to include Exeter, we wouldn't have been struggling <laughs> as much i think but there you go no oh, belt and question that one from dan well done um and there you go, that's it for this week, Mike. Thanks very much yep. for joining me. It's a bit bumper episode, wasn't it? Really considering there was only one game to cover. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you mentioned here, we'll be back uh, next week. You're going to be on the show. We'll have to work out when we record it to work around your yeah. work schedule, of course. But um, but yeah, you'll be able to tell us about the Exeter game. Um, as I mentioned, I'm not going to be at the game this weekend because I'm flying out to Berlin on Friday morning for a nice long weekend. I've got Romantic four games. weekend. Me and Johnny are having a romantic <laughs> weekend in Berlin in a in a hostel. Um, yeah, so, so basically we're going out on the Friday morning. In on the Friday night, we're going to see uh, SV Lichtenberg uh, against uh, Berliner AK Oh Seven, which is a regional league at levels. So that's fourth tier, but fourth tier in Germany is not like equivalent of our fourth tier because it's regionalised. It's spread a lot thinner, so you'll have some good teams in there. But you'll have some dross in there as well. So it's not quite as as good as as seeing like fourth tier over in England. Um, Then on the Saturday morning, we're going to see another game at that level, which is going to be Tasmania-Berlin against Lokomotive leipzig Tasmania-Berlin were the worst ever team in the Bundesliga. They got promoted in like, I can't remember, the late 80s or early 90s, something like that. And they they went 32 games without a win in the Bundesliga. Now, recently, you might remember Schalke, Uh, have struggled a bit in German football haven't they in recent seasons Mm -hmm. so they had a stinker of a season where they were struggling they didn't win a single game for ages and they were closing in on the record I think they got to like 29 games something like that and they were coming to play Hertha Berlin so all the Tasmania Berlin fans turned out at the game at the Olympic Stadium to support Schalke because they were desperate not to lose their record as the worst <laughs> ever team. Because they're like the same... Basically, that's all we're known for. Yeah. So don't take that away from us, please. We want to be known as the worst ever team because that's how people... Because they're never going to get to that level again, probably. Yeah. So I thought that was terrific, that was, really. Um, yeah, and then um, on the on the, the Saturday evening, that's a midday kick-off, that one on the Saturday evening, we're going to watch um, Hertha against Union in the big time, or Union, I should say, mm. uh, in the... Um, in the Bundesliga Berlin Derby. So that should be belting. That, that's a, like a half six local time kickoff. It's half five in the UK. So what we'll we be doing before the game, I'll get it up on the old iPhone and I'll be watch, following the Carl game from there at least, or trying to. Um, and then on the Sunday, I think we're going to go and watch, I don't, I don't know what level we're going to watch at like that on Sunday. We've got a game lined up. Uh, I think we're going to go and watch, probably his second team, who play in the fourth tier actually. So that'll be another fourth tier, basically three fourth tier games over the weekend and, and the, the Bundesliga game, so Belton little weekend lined up, not as good yeah. as being at Brunton Park, I think it's fair to say. Obviously. But, but uh, I'll, I'll be back going to the uh, the game on Good Friday. Like I said, next week after after next week, we'll probably put the um, the Easter weekend preview. We'll put that out probably like Wednesday or Thursday something like that to give people a couple of days to listen to it. Basically, so we'll be recording the bit with you early in the week, won't we? I think probably on Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, so, to make sure it's done. Um and yeah so that's where we are and then obviously the week after that will be our 99th episode the Exeter preview if I remember right Uh, it's only the Exeter the Walsall and Mansfield preview which means our 100th ever episode is going to be the Harrogate game so Mm -hmm. we'll have to have some uh, special plan for that one we'll have to have a look and see what we can do but yeah that's where we are Um, Mike thanks once again for joining me really appreciate it thanks everyone for listening and up the blues up the blues
2: Oh